Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me again on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And today we're talking about my very favorite topic in all the world, customer experiences. Yay! <laughs> and joining me today is Don Michelle. And uh, actually, when I asked her how to pronounce her name, she said, my middle name's Michelle and you pronounce my last name, Michelle. So we've got that going. Now, she um, tells a story. I'm not going to tell you what year she says this happened, but she had a certain year when she stood up in front of a bunch of people and she saw how when she had a concept that they just like grasped onto it and she said, I was hooked. I love speaking, I love training, and this is what I wanna do with my life, and it is absolutely what she does. So Dawn is a part of our new coaching series where I'm talking to um, certified coaches and business and life and in many different aspects of just making us better all around people, just so that we can learn, you know, what does working with a coach really mean and how can it benefit you? So thank you, Dawn, for joining me today. It's such a pleasure to have you. Pleasure to be here. I could talk about customer experiences with you for probably hours. I'm not sure everybody will want to hear that, but <laughs> you know what? If they stay tuned in, they have no choice. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So, a little bit about myself my company, um, I started in student teaching and uh, I have my bachelor's and my master's and in training, and I was at the grocery store. The, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving in 1994, and I'm going to read you the very quick story of how it all happened. It's very short. Be in the moment. Of all of the in the moment examples that I have, this may be by far the best. I was checking out a local grocery store, piling my groceries onto the conveyor belt. All 54 items, totaling $81.15, were scanned and bagged by the checker. I processed my debit card and then realized up until that moment, the checker had made zero conversation with me. There was no hello, no how are you, no these brownies look good, nothing. In fact, no one in the store had acknowledged me at all. I had encountered several store employees without any notice whatsoever. After I processed my debit card, I turned to the checker and said, aren't you even going to say thank you? He tore up the receipt, handed it to me and said, it's on the bottom of your receipt. True story. Yeah. I called my mom when I, and it goes on to say that the checker and the bagger had a conversation. I write in there what the conversation was. I get in the car and I said to my mom, look, 
I feel like people are put in customer service without training. I want to help them. I want to train them. And from that day in 1994, um, I secret shop. I like to call it customer experiencing now because secret shopping has a, a bad thing. But what I do is I go and find the good, the bad, and what needs updated. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've had, I have 350 clients I've had. Um, I have 94 libraries I've done. Um, like you get on a kick and they like you and they, they book you. But mm-hmm. the best thing about training for me is the ability to help people go, wow, I, I, I understand now. If you mm-hmm. think about the last time you got amazing wow experience, it's going to take you longer to tell me that than to think about the crap experience I've had. <laughs> I know, I know. I asked so, the questions, who had great? And you, you get like this. And then who had bad? And all the hands go up. Um, but I love what I do. You have to have a passion. I'm also locally, I'm the executive director of the Troy Maryville St. Jacob Marine Chamber of Commerce. And I celebrated um, 20 years on June 6th. So wow. in addition, I've been doing this 19 years. So I sort of have the best of all the world. And I tell people, if you don't love what you do every day, find another job because Absolutely. your family and your coworkers are suffering. Absolutely. Um, so customer service is tough because a lot of people are put in the positions with zero training. They don't want to be there. Um, hiring is a big thing. Culture is a big thing. So as a coach, what I do is I can go into a company. Um, I know if they don't have customer service standards, we really have to start from scratch. Yes. You'd be surprised how many companies don't. But look at Chick-fil-A. They get it. I mean, oh, yeah. they get it. Yeah. And so we could all be Chick-fil-A. One of the classes that I teach is called, what is your wow? Mm-hmm. So I help people find that thing that is their wow when people leave or they get off the phone, they go, customer, wow. And usually and what I do. That, wow. Like wow. your story, wow. like, wow, that's wow. horrible. But wow, that was yeah. great. Wow is horrible is usually I don't want them as a client. Because <laughs> if you get wow is horrible all the time, it, it, it trickles from the top. And the leader is usually the problem. And I go, this leader calls me and says, hey, I'm having problems with my staff. Could you come? So I drive there. I get there at 115. The meeting's at 130. At 1.50, he comes dragging in with McDonald's cup. And we sit down. He's like, I'm so glad you're here. We got so many problems. My staff, one of the big things is my staff is already late. (laughs) And I didn't know this guy. Never met him. And I said, I know the problem. Uh, I knew my chair. I usually have a mirror and I would say, (laughs) I said, it's you knowing that 10 minutes later, I was leaving, probably not going to get it on Monday. I have a picture of the most beautiful. I bet he spent a hundred dollars on flowers and it said, I get it. I understand. Will you work with us? Good. Wow. Now that's a great wow. It was a great wow. And he's still my client. And that was, oh, I don't know, 15 years ago. And that, yeah. that, takes, that takes so much because you are absolutely right. Everything trickles down from the top. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a really good friend now. He was actually my very first podcast guest and he's become such a great friend. Uh, he owned a, or he didn't own, he was CEO of a, um, a really specialty retail, retail sneaker store. And now he does something else because uh, in retail, you know, some companies make it and some don't. And, um, but one of the things we always talk about is so many times in businesses, our lowest paid employees, the least trained employees, the least supported employees are the ones that are responsible for that one-on-one interaction with the customer. So you can have the best people at the top and lose it at the bottom if you're not looking 
at every level of the organization and making sure it's in line with the vision. It's so true. Um, I feel bad because, you know, the millennials take a lot of heat, but I'm saying to employers, nobody trained them. If, if right. you, you know, our interns, we have interns, 219 we've had, they have to arrive 15 minutes early. If they're 14 minutes early, we talk to them because we're <laughs> training them. Oh yeah, we do. Training yeah. them and getting them ready. But, yeah. but, but they don't know how to use a stapler, they, but don't like laugh at them. No one's taught them. So it's important right. to understand what people are doing wrong is probably because they, um, you know, haven't been trained, but, but the attitude is a big one. Change your attitude, change your underwear. I have a class. So I have a cup. <laughs> I and love that one. Change your attitude, change your underwear. And uh, I'll tell you, sometimes I have to take that class myself. I'm just saying that. You know, well, you and you know, that's, that's the part of it is that we're all learning. In fact, I had a, um, so my, my team is all virtual and three of my team are in Kenya. So we have, you know, an eight, seven or eight hour time difference, depending on what, you know, time of the year we're in. And, you know, we've got cultural differences. We've got a lot of differences. So we're all working on, you know, really aligning to each other right now. And I was talking to him yesterday and I said, you know, here's the thing. Every one of you have something to work on. I have something to work on. We all have something to work on. And if the, the problem only is when we don't realize we have something to work on, when you only think that somebody else has something to work on, that's, you know, to your point, that's that mirror moment of, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have to look at yourself in the mirror and realize that because if, if you do, you can make change. If you don't, mm -hmm. doesn't matter, you know, how, how many consultants or coaches you hire, you're mm -hmm. not going to get anywhere. Yeah. So Don, you know, go ahead. No, go ahead. What, so when you uh, work with your clients, you know, what are, I know it's probably really difficult to narrow it down to three, but if you had to pick like the top three challenges that you see with your clients, you know, what are they and how do you help them to overcome them? I think hiring the right people mm -hmm. um, because that you need to hire for your culture. Mm -hmm. You also need to hire people that have a great attitude and train them what they need to do. Now, I know you can't just hire somebody off the street to be a nurse. I get that. But if they're the greatest nurse in the world and they've been there for 20 years, but everybody hates them because they're mean and they're degrading, you got to get yep. rid of them. You got to yep. work it. You got to document you because that's a representation. Um, I would also say, uh, you know, the leader making sure that they're, um, they're leading and understanding that people are watching them. So it's kind of like a parent, you know, when whatever you do, your child's going to do. Um, I would say the other thing might be um, making sure that our employers are taking care of their staff. Mm -hmm. You know, right now, my staff, we've been virtual for 15 weeks, and we do a staff meeting twice a week, and that's great. But I also have a Zoom with them to say, how are you doing? What do you need? How can I help you? Um, what are you struggling with? How is the baby? Or, or whatever, you know, because I think you need to show that you care. And mm -hmm. when you show you care, people want to know that you're taking care of your employees, especially now especially yeah. now we have a restaurant locally that has not furloughed anyone and and they would have been the first one that could have but they didn't they found work and people are showing appreciation because of that absolutely and that's the thing you know working um i used to say you know when i was leading a team of 500 you know my goal here is to make sure every single one of you cannot wait to get up every morning and go to work yeah and I'll say that and they all look at me like, what is she smoking? Because yeah. yeah. I want some of that. Yeah. 
And so I let the pause kind of sit there and say, now you may be saying, what are you talking about, Michael? That's not possible. Well, it is possible. It might not be probable, but it is possible. So if we operate as if we can achieve that possibility, we will get closer than we are today. But if we say, well, it's not possible, so we're not even going to try, we'll never even get fraction of the way closer. But if my goal is to make sure that you love working here, you love what you do, that doesn't mean that you always like every part of the job. But if you like it and you respect it, you will treat it better. You will treat it more professionally. You will take it more seriously. And you will see that your success and the company's success are in line. And I always try to get people to understand that, you know, the, the company writes your paycheck. So respect that. Now, if there are things that are going wrong with the company, then help us to recognize that or help us to talk about it. Don't complain about it. Don't have it something you talk about in the water cooler. Bring it to somebody who needs to fix it. Mm-hmm. And then go from there because a truly good company with truly good leadership will listen to their team. Doesn't mean they can always do everything that team wants, but can listen and explain when and where and why and how. And then that way it should be the cycle of how we all work together. It also begins at home. So when I do training, I don't just do it for work. Um, we talk a lot about what, what choices you make when you get up in the morning, when you open your eyes. And um, I always say to people, what do you think? Do you think I love my job? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, what do you think I do? I mean, I have the same struggles. I have the same, you know, as everyone. I said, but when I wake up, I make a choice that it's going to be a good day. And there, and while my cup, there are no bad days, just bad moments. You might have 36 bad moments, but don't make it a bad day. So I get up and I tell the story that I, that I listen to the birds and I smell the coffee and I use all my senses and I get in the shower and I just let that shower hit. And I don't think about anything except the shower and the water. And I feel it to try to get present. And then, then I tell the story, the rest of the story, and people might get a little uncomfortable, but I get out of the shower and I'm naked because you're naked when you get out of the shower, I'm naked. And I get in a full length mirror and people, you hear them go, <gasps> and I go, I do. And I say, when I look at this, that's a different conversation. I'm looking for what's in here. And then they sort of, and then I break out and I sing Carol King's Beautiful every morning, every morning, because I have to make that choice. If I can't be kind to myself, I'm not going to be kind to my customers. So I had a CEO that was part of a large group that I did. And she emailed me the next day to tell me what a great job. And then she said, P.S., I can't look at myself in the mirror yet, but I'll let you know when I can. She was a size four. Oh, yeah. And that made me realize, like, yeah. but, but it's not about this. But, but you have to wake up and you have to come to work with a positive attitude. And if you can't come to work with a positive attitude, you have to figure out what it is that you can be positive about. Take it right. out. Social media. I just did a class on social media on how to post. So I'm not going to post people you need to slow down driving in my neighborhood. I'm going to post. I'm going to be more cognizant of my neighborhood and neighborhoods. Because if I post stop going so fast, nobody's going to listen. I have to say, look, I'm going to try or I'm going to attempt it. And I'm just asking that you do too. Because I think yeah. people are so quick to, yeah, don't, that social media is a whole other class. But, but it all <laughs> comes down to what should you post? What should you post? I call yeah. it the fishing pole. You know, do you think taxes are high? Well, what do you think people are going to say? No, I'd like to pay more. 
you know, so I think it comes down to Yeah, please let me write another check. <laughs> but like this morning, um, I was so excited because I had a client this morning. I had a two-hour Zoom. I was so excited. I remember telling my husband one time, I just know everybody's like excited and to go to the training and, and dead silence. And they goes, you know, honey, they're not. And I'm like, oh, no, they are. He's like, no, they're not. And I'm Our like, husbands tell us things we don't want to hear. And, but it's real and it's true. Although after I got him going this morning, I felt like everybody was, you know, go. But yeah, I mean, I remember going to boring trainings. Mine isn't boring, but but I, I get what, what he's saying. And, but, but I think as a trainer, the most important thing in customer service, just like the leader, is to be vulnerable. So when yeah. I talk about the need to be positive, I don't just say, look at me, look at me, I'm all positive. I talk about when I'm not, how I deal with it. Um, and as a leader, I think you have to do that as well. You can't let the staff think that you're perfect because without them, honestly, you probably wouldn't have a job. Right. So it's well, very important. It reminds me, you know, we were talking before we started taping about, you know, social media and what I do on LinkedIn, for instance. And, you know, there's one thing that I have all my teams sign and it's part of their employment agreement that says that it's basically a commitment to only post positive things in their social media while they work for me. Correct. And every time I tell people this story, they're like, oh my gosh, how can you do that? You can require it. Well, yeah, because I just say, I mean, I'm not going to fire someone over it, probably, uh, you know, I'm not going to, you know, take them to court over it, but I want to set the expectation that I use my voice for positive. And mm -hmm. when there are things that need to be fixed, I coach in private and I praise in public. Absolutely. And, Best advice ever. And it's, it, to me, it's really important. But one day I had somebody comment on one of my LinkedIn posts and said, I am so sick of every one of your posts being so darn positive and how many great experiences you have. There are some terrible things that happen. This person went on and on and on. And so the next day I wrote my post and I had a picture of rose colored, rose colored glasses. And, you know, I responded to that person too, but I talked about it. I'm like, and so I explained, I'm like, this is my perspective. I don't, I'm apolitical in my social media. I don't do rants. I don't complain about bad experiences. I only highlight what I want to have people continue to do. So to your point, I'm going to be more cognizant driving through a neighborhood is so much better than I can't believe the idiots that drive through my neighborhood too fast. And, and I think that what you put out there then comes back to you. And so when you're putting out positive, you get for the most part positive back and it allows you to have a little bit more buffer when you've got the negative because it's, it's just too easy, too easy and to have negative. And when you post it, I mean, people are thinking that about you. I have five Facebook pages and you'll never find anything negative. But what I found was people that I was following um, were negative. So one day I deleted, or I unfollowed, I didn't unfriend them. I unfollowed 100 people and I'm driving to Chicago with my mom going to a training. And I said, you know what I did today? And I feel great. I unfollowed 100 people. And my mom, who is not quiet about anything, was quiet for 20 minutes. And finally she said, I have a question agree and she goes did you unfollow me and i go hey you gotta wait to check i, you might, I don't know but of course <laughs> i didn't but i but you know why like someone said to me the other day oh my gosh i can't believe it's on social media i go well you should follow mine because nobody is political or negative or and um a gentleman got in trouble in a training that i was doing when i talked about how i only post positive he raised his hand he's a real jerk and he's like i don't believe you just post pot nobody can do that you talk about it blah, blah. he got fired he got fired 
at break. Like he didn't come back and I said the gown, she goes, you know what? We've been trying to get rid of him. That attitude is what we deal with every day. I'm like, whoa, whoa, he's going to come stalk me or something. But you know, it's a choice. An attitude is a choice. No one can change your attitude, period. And people Absolutely. go, yeah, that's not true. Yeah, it's true. So Don, with all the experiences you've had, what's the most important professional development lesson you've learned throughout your career? And and how did you, uh, you know, use that lesson to shock your own potential? I think for me, always learning, and I read, um, they say that you should read 60 books a year, and I absolutely read that many, but I am um, a visual, so I read and I auto book too, so that I can highlight and it really helps. And I quote and I learn from, I, you know, the best thing is I surround myself with a tribe. So I have a tribe of women and there's about 50 of us that I hand pick. Now, let me just tell you, I have this, this column of the tribe of women, and this is the no way in hell column of women that would never be in my tribe. Now I'm not afraid to say that because there are people, there are women, women, who don't want other women to be successful. I agree. I think it's crazy. And so I, oh, so we have this tribe and we get together, we have a Facebook and everything, but, but you know, if, if a woman, uh, I, my friend just wrote a book, it just came out last week and I wrote her a note just to say, I, I'm just, wow, I know how much, how hard it is and blah, blah. You know, why would you want to be competitive? Why wouldn't you want to help build people? And so, yeah, so I have that really long list that keeps growing, but, uh, but yeah, surround yourself with the right people and the right things will happen. I agree. I learned that lesson probably, I'm thinking like my, my late twenties when um, I had a gal that I, I really liked, we were friends and we worked together and I kept finally one day I realized that every time we spent time together, I was exhausted when it was done and I wasn't, wasn't really sure why. And so the next time we got together, I realized that all she did during that time was complain. And mostly she was complaining about work and other people. And I actually really liked my work. So I didn't want to defend it and I didn't want to offend her, but I, it was exhausting to try and, you know, mm -hmm. keep in my head, you know, what I'm nodding yes to and what is that agreement? But also like, I don't care about these other people that you know that I don't, that you are complaining about. And mm -hmm. finally, one day I said to myself, you've got to change this. And I actually called her up you know, this is well before you text. It didn't break up by text. Um, but I called her and I said, you know, you know that I really like you. You're a good friend, but I've got to break up with you. <laughs> and I actually said that. She's like, what? And I said, because I just work so hard to keep positive and I don't think you're always in a positive place. And I need to be around positive people. And it was, it was weird. I was kind of surprised that I did it because it was out of character for me. Mm -hmm. And she got offended and she got hurt and she called, I'm so sorry. And I'll never be like that. And I think I probably said, okay, let's go have dinner or something. And we did it again. And I just said, I know I, mm -hmm. I got to be done. <laughs> and uh, after that, I realized, you know, it is so important mm -hmm. that you look around at the people you're surrounding yourself with and say, not just do they share my values or, or whatever, but, and not just do I enjoy them, but do they have the right mental attitude that keeps me lifted mm -hmm. rather than weighs me down? Because yeah. eventually that weighing down is going to pull you down to the same level. If you're conscious too, of when you're finished, if you're exhausted, you have to step back and look, I tend to emulate people I'm around. 
So I had this really bad boss for about six months, Carla DeVille. Do you know who that is? Um, with her. And she was horrible. She would yell and scream. And what, And I've never yelled at an employee ever in my whole life. And I felt my voice just get a little louder. And then I stepped back and go, oh my God, I'm hurt. And I left. No job, brand new house, quadruple the house payment. That's why I have this business because I took a job 55% pay cut and then I knew I had to do something. But I want to tell you real quick, I was doing a training and a guy raised his hand and says, there is no way you can keep negative people out of your life. This is a different guy than the other guy. No way. I just don't see it. And He's lady, related to that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. His brother. To my left was a lady, no hair. And I realized she was back after her second round of breast cancer and she wanted to come back and just see me and she was going to go home. She said, Dawn, could I um, say something? I said, sure. Her name was Donna. And she said, I want to say about my mom, my second round of chemo. And every day she would call me and she would whine about somebody or gossip about somebody or tell me. And she never asked how I was. She said, so one day I said, look, do not call me back until you want to know how I'm feeling. She said, I hung up. She oh. said, three days later, my mom called back and said, Donna, how are you doing? And from that point on, and she stands and points his gun. And she goes, and that's how you get negative people out of your life. And she got a standing ovation. Everybody's going crazy. Aww. And of course, he's slithered like a snake. But her story is great to know that you have the power. Nip it in the bud is what Barney Fash says. Nip it in the bud. You know? <laughs> and, and if I'm the person that's the negative influence, which I don't think I would, but I could be a, an influence in a bad way. Another way, tell me and get, and get me out of your life because I don't want to hurt you. But you know right. what, negative people, they do not come around me, especially after they see me speak, because right. I'm that end where I'm not going to move. They get 20% positive, 20 negative, that's six in the middle. They have a better chance of moving them, so they're going to move on. Yeah, yeah. more negative people in my life, because I make that choice. And people go, that's not true. Yeah, I make that choice. I, I do. Yeah. You know, as you... This is a terrible correlation to the story you just told about the woman with breast cancer. But as you were telling the story, I had this flashback. Um, I, it's been 10 years ago and I did my one and only marathon. And I say that I didn't, I don't say I ran it, but I finished it. And uh, my goal was to finish it in six hours and I finished it in six hours, one minute and 10 seconds. But I did this marathon because one of my brothers who was turning, I think 60 at the time, uh, he, he wanted to run his marathon and he, his first marathon, he wanted his boys to run it and as many of us that could. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. And his wife um, came along the trip and she's, God love her. She's not always the most positive person. So she was off to do whatever she did. And we all, everybody was waiting there for me. I was a, clearly the last person to finish, you know, they're all showered and done. And I'm like, <laughs> and so you know, finally get showered. We're all sitting down having dinner and, you know, everybody's talking about like how tired they are and everything. And she, we talk about oblivious. She goes, well, you guys have no idea how far I walked today. I went down to Macy's and I did this and it was so crowded and I had to turn around other streets because things, and she just keeps talking and the whole table is like, what? And everybody was silent. Finally, I looked at her. I go, uh, Andy, um, we just ran 26.2 miles. <laughs> and by the way, this from the hotel to the starting line was a half a mile. <laughs> by the way, where we ended to get back to the hotel was a mile and a half. So like I did like 29 miles or so. That's so funny. And she looks up and she goes, oh, I guess you guys are tired too. <laughs> Oh no, patrol right overhead, right over her head. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah. God love her. Yeah. I don't think she'll ever listen to this podcast. So I, hope so. I was just thinking, like, do we need to that out or you know, all that people watch it and you know, block her or something? Yeah, I know <laughs> if she if she heard it, she'd laugh and she'd go, Oh, I did do that. Done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we're getting near the end, and uh, but I want to know, we will have all of your contact information in the show notes, but in case somebody is too eager to get there and wants to look you up right this second, what's the best way for them to find you? Oh, and look, there's your book. That's my book, com, or they can do Dawn at Domichelle.com, and there's my book, and here's my cup. Love I'll it. be sending both to you along with a couple other little presents, because thank you so much for having me on today. I truly appreciate it. Oh, I love it. I love presents. Well, and I'll tell you what, after I read your book, you might get into our book club that we launch in our app in September. So nice. I like it. I, like it. I have books so, two and three coming out, but it won't be ready by September. So excellent. Well, good for you. Yeah, I'm, I have two out. I have uh, three in the works of the moment as well. So I know once you start writing, it's very, it's, uh, it's hard mm -hmm. to stop. It's a different kind of habit. But before we go, Don, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I do. Um, be present. So my, my wristband says, be present here now, your attitude, your choice. And right now, you could be complaining about being homeworking. The kids are home. You got, but you know what? If you're present, these are hours that you would have never, ever been able to spend with your family. Sit down, have dinner, put the phones away. No phones at the dinner no phones at the dinner. Um, and I'll use that last one to just tell everybody when you're with your family, everybody puts the phones in the middle upside down. Whoever grabs it buys if you're out. Uh, we went with my mom's sister and my niece and I, and my sister goes to the bathroom and my mom's phone's vibrating. And mom's like, oh my gosh, who is it? And I go, if you answer, you get a buy. And she's like, but I should answer it. I go, we're all here. It doesn't matter. My sister comes back and sits down and goes, what's wrong? And I go, mom's phone's ringing. And she goes, if you answer it, you're buying. And mom goes, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. And she picks it up and it says, thanks for buying. Thanks for buying. Thanks for buying. My sister brought her husband's phone and started texting her. So I tell that story all the time because... Remember, we, we're only going to have that time once. We have family night every Wednesday night. We can't play spoons anymore because it's too dangerous. We can't play Uno because everybody gets too crazy about the pick four cards. We're running out of games. But you know what? We're together every Wednesday. We have mom for dinner every Sunday. You know, be present. Be present with your family and put your phone away. Because if you're on your phone and somebody's there, that says that you like that phone better than that person. <laughs> Although I feel like maybe you should also charge your sister half of that dinner. Yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah no. She, I love that. And my mom bought, and it was great. But I'll tell you what, she's never bought again. <laughs> so it was, it was all. It's an awesome story that I tell because people that are like, "Wow, you guys don't have phones," and I go, "No, on family night, when you come to family night, your butt better be there by six fifteen, and don't even think you're going to use your phone." I love it. And I yeah. think that's such, I mean, and that's what we're looking for with customer experiences is to feel like we are that customer that they care about, that, that there's actually a desire that we walked through the door and they're happy to see us. Exactly. Amen. Dawn, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. And I am so happy to stay connected with you. Yeah. And look for your goodies because they're on their way. Yay. <laughs> Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Bye. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.